Are you ready to generate way more leads with way less struggle? I have great news for you. I'm now accepting new students into High Performance Agent Academy. Inside the Academy, you'll get eight months of customized support from me and get access to my entire playbook, sales, marketing, social media, systems, all of it ready for you to copy and paste right into your business. Check the show notes for the link to learn more. We start on May 1st. Have you ever thought about hosting a pie party for your clients? Or maybe you're already doing it but want to level up? I started hosting pie parties about 10 years ago. First, it was a small pickup in my office. Then I started doing it at my home. And in the pandemic, we pivoted to a drive-by party. And it's now our most successful and popular event. People look forward to it and they really count on our pies. There is an art to throwing events that people actually want to come to and find value in. And I want to give you my best tips on how to throw your best pie party ever, whether it's your first or your 20th. So let's talk about it. Hey, my name's Tina Bellavo, and I am obsessed with all things real estate, growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top performing team and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellavo. Okay, so I want to help you have the best Thanksgiving client event ever. And there are five delicious ingredients that I'm going to give you to put together and create your most popular and successful party ever. Number one, make it personal. Number two, make it convenient. Number three, make it enticing. This is probably my favorite one to talk about. Number four, snag their attention. And the fifth ingredient is to create an experience that brings them back year after year. So let's get started with the first piece, which is making it personal. So I'm just going to give you all my own experiences from my own filter and thoughts. And you should really, I always like to say, take what you like and leave the rest. Or as I tell my friend, Laura, try it on. And if it fits, great. And if not, please throw it away. (laughs) So I have found that hosting at my home versus my office is a really wonderful touch for events. If that's feasible for you, I think that it can be a huge win. Like I said in the intro to today's podcast, I used to host my pie parties in my office, which at the time made sense for where I was living and just my comfort zone. But pretty early on, I was like, you know what? And my house does happen to be like in a central location, which I'm going to talk more about. But I was like, why don't I have this at my house? And then I even had a holiday event at my house and I realized my business is referral based, which means it's personal. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a referral based business too. Otherwise, You might not resonate with any of the things that I teach, but I found that because I had actual relationships, business relationships, but definitely with a splash of personal, if not more, with most of my clients, they liked coming to my house. They like meeting my husband. 
they liked meeting my dog that they were seeing pictures of on social media. And this was this transition was long before I had kids. But I found that it was a draw, basically, to have people come and want to connect. And also, they're nosy. Like, they like to see where you live. And depending on how you feel about all of that may or may not be a fit for you. But I think that if you haven't done it before and you're willing to, it definitely wasn't like the most comfortable thing I've heard of people being like nervous about having events in their home. But I think it's something you should try if you're remotely open to it. And the beautiful thing about events that I teach all the time in my academy is it's all an experiment. And ideally, it's a successful experiment. But in business, it's impossible for everything that we do to be a smash hit. So it's really about trying things and seeing what resonates with you and with your audience and going from there. So I haven't looked back from that. Now, if hosting in your home just isn't an option, I want you to look for a venue that has something going for it. And I actually want to pause before I give you ideas about venues that have something going for it. I think the key to having really great events that have a yield in your business, and there are a lot of different kinds of yields, but for them to have a yield, the more intentional you are about what you're doing and why and making it as appealing and fun and cool and interesting as possible is the key. And I've really learned to just do more thinking at the beginning so that it's as successful as possible. It's not that I'm doing more work necessarily, but I really stop and think and brainstorm and use people as sounding boards in the beginning to be like, does this sound good? Should it be this day or that day? Would you come to this? And then I have to really listen to the feedback that people give. So being intentional and strategic, I think, is a major thing. And then when I talk about what events can yield, like obviously if you're spending time and energy and money on something in your business, you want to see transactions from it, right? Like that's the ideal, whether that's repeat business, referrals, or what I even consider like pulling people closer into my orbit. There are certain events that I have that are pretty cost effective per head. And I might open that up to people who are outside of my like past client list where I'm just nurturing them into a future relationship where maybe they'll use me or refer me in the future. So they're a great way to build relationships, hopefully cement repeat business, hopefully get some referrals, build goodwill, build your brand. Relationships are everything in real estate in every way. Maybe you even invite other agents to your events. Like I'm not territorial. Like I like to have, I've had agents in my own market refer me business because they like me so much. And they're, <laughs> I've had, I had someone who just felt like this was years ago. Shout out to Dan. He's such a nice guy. I remember he like referred me a listing because he just felt like I was a better fit for it than him. So I think it's just so important with relationships to be generous, to not be short sighted, to not hold grudges, to not take things personally. Man, I could really get on a soapbox about this. I have lost count of how many times where something didn't work out in a relationship from a business angle in the short term, but in the long term, they came back around. The agent they used instead of me sucked or got out of the business or they regretted it and came back to me. Or just 10 years later, like their life is different and they feel more resonance with me now. Or maybe someone doesn't hire you because their sister's a realtor but they still refer you all of their friends like on the down low because they really want to support you. It's just you just can't burn bridges. And I feel like events, you can burn bridges. I just prefer not to for all of the reasons I told you. And also, 
I hate the feeling of burning a bridge. I don't want to run into you in the grocery store and want to walk the other direction. Like I want to be on good terms with people everywhere I go to the extent that's reasonable and possible. So that is just like a centerpiece inside of everything that I do. So if there are opportunities for me to be generous with people in any way that I can, and that's not just financially with my energy and with my even giving them grace and understanding and the benefit of the doubt, I just feel so, so strongly about that. So that's just something for you to think about when you're making it personal and when you're just planning your event with intentionality, how can you come from that space? Because I think when I come from that space, amazing things happen that I often couldn't have predicted at the outset, but they definitely do happen. So a little bit of a sidebar there, but I felt like that was valuable to say. If your home is not an option, you want to find a venue that has something going for it to draw people in. A good location, something kind of cool or new or different can be a great approach for hosting an event, whether it's this one or a different concept. Something aesthetically pleasing is nice, especially if you're hoping to capture photo and video, even if it's not professional. I think I love professional photographers and videographers, but any millennial or Gen Z with a decent phone can get great content if you're on a budget. So something that's photo friendly can be a huge win. Another thing to think about is maybe a collaboration with another business that will let you use their space or their parking lot. One of the agents that I coach, Ashley, she's so awesome. She's so coachable. A few years ago, she asked me for my pie party playbook, which is basically what I'm giving you today. Love the alliteration there, PPP. So (laughs) Ashley asked me for the playbook and I gave it to her and she's just such like a go-getter. She, good example, like her house isn't super central to her client base and she's like me with a cloud-based office. So like the office didn't make sense. She ended up approaching a local business owner. I believe it was a diner, if my memory is correct, in the middle of her market area. She had the event in their parking lot. She had an incentive where if people went inside, they could get like a discount or something for free. It brought more people to the business. And I think she brought other vendors into the parking lot too. Like she made it a whole thing just by asking someone in her network, hey, could I host this here? Here's what's in it for you. Here's what I'm up to. People can say yes or no. Generally, most small business owners are thrilled to have any exposure, especially if you're just doing the heavy lifting for them. So those would be my tips. And your office is always a great option too, especially if it meets the criteria of being central and aesthetically pleasing. Go for it. That could be a great way to build your confidence. But any way that you can make it personal and relationship-driven, I think, is a huge aspect of what will make your party successful. And this would be true for any event that you have. Now, the second ingredient is making it convenient. So I feel very strongly about this. Your location must be central to your target audience, especially when you're having an event at a competitive time of year where you're competing with other things that could be happening for the holidays. My home happens to be right in the center of my market area. I'm right off of like the two major highways that kind of connect the Baltimore metro area. So that works really well. By the way, that's why I love living there. So that's been like a good natural fit for me. So you need your location to be intentional. And if you want people to make time during a busy holiday week to come out, it just needs to be easy enough for them to get there, especially depending on the time of day. I've had like long pickup windows. I think one time I had it in my office and you could come anytime. But one of the things I've learned about myself and hosting events is as much as I love planning them and the idea of them and what they achieve, I do find them very draining. So I like my events to be two hours. So I made a decision that my event is on a weeknight between 5 and 7 p.m. So 
basically, you want to have your target audience clear in your mind before you plan your event. So you want to assess who you're inviting and where do they live? Where are they coming from? (laughs) And what would be central and make sense? And it's never going to work for everyone, right? Like we have a bunch of clients that are far flung. We have clients who are out of state. I'm just talking about like that avatar of your ideal local client that you want to cement the relationship and replicate and have more and more clients like them. In case you missed it, High Performance Agent Academy is officially open for new students and we start on May 1st. Do you feel frustrated by making slow progress, sick of your systems and CRM being a mess, lonely and tired of figuring out how to grow your business on your own, and are you ready for a breakthrough in your sales, marketing, and lead generation? First of all, you're not alone. I have been there and I've blazed the trail to solve all of those problems. I've assembled every single system, template, and marketing strategy I use so you can copy and paste them right into your business. If you're ready to transform everything about your real estate business, this is your golden opportunity. I will walk alongside you for the rest of 2024 and help you plug these systems directly into your business. And we will customize every element to your market, your brand, your voice, and your goals. High Performance Agent Academy starts on May 1st, and I don't want you to miss the boat. Head to the show notes to get the link or DM me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo, and I'll send you everything you need. See you in the academy. Another question that I get all the time is like, who should I invite to my pie party? That is completely up to you. It depends on your budget and your sensibilities. Do you want something intimate? Do you want something big and splashy and buzzy? I've done both. They're both awesome for totally different reasons. I've decided because the pie party is like a centerpiece of my annual business plan, I invite all of my past clients who are still local that ever bought or sold with me and all referral sources that have been active in the last four years. For me, that's just an arbitrary decision. Not arbitrary, but basically I rebooted my business in 2020. So I invite anyone that's referred me in this like new chapter, basically what I consider like my current and most recent supporters. I've been in the business so long that inviting everyone who ever referred me hasn't made as much sense, but you want to pick what works for you and your budget. Maybe you only invite past clients and you don't worry about referral sources. Maybe you do something totally different. The key is to think about who do I want to build relationships with? Who do I want to spend time with? Who do I want to show appreciation to and also maximize the chances of them supporting me in the future? Then once you know who that target audience is, think about where they're coming from geographically and what makes the most sense. I totally forgot this as I was planning the episode. Way back in the day, before I even felt confident having a party, I took pies to my clients the week of Thanksgiving at their employer. I think I just reached out and asked them if I could drop something off that week. I probably brought everyone the same pie and didn't do a whole coordination. And I did have these referral pods back then. Of There was this, I've mentioned Patrick on another podcast, but he is an English teacher at a local high school and he got like everyone in the English department to use me to buy houses like way back in the day when they were all first time home buyers. And I went and brought pies to everyone. So you can even go on location, especially if you just can't see people all coming to you. So that's like the ultra convenient. I'm at a point now where that wouldn't make sense. But back then it was such a nice touch. And then you meet their coworkers and there's all these cool things that can happen from that. But I want you to not lose sight of convenience because when you have a party that is way out of the way, it's just hard to get people to come. Everyone's busy, whether they have kids or not, especially the week of Thanksgiving. The other thing that I learned about was 
picking a day of the week that makes sense. So I used to do the party the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. That wasn't a win. It was too close to the holiday. People were already out of town. Now I do the Monday or Tuesday before. Basically, the pie is still fresh enough by Thursday, although so many people just eat the pie like right away, which is awesome. But they can put it in the fridge and people are still in town. So that's maximized the attendance and the impact that I make. So that's like boring stuff, but it's so important because if you miss these marks and pick a day of the week where people are away or where they just don't want to drive or they're stuck in terrible rush hour traffic, like I definitely have this five to seven thing going and that's not for everyone, but that's okay. Like I I can't please everyone. And in fact, I'd rather have a few less people come than have a five hour long party where I just feel like too psychologically exhausted at the end of all of it. So You'll learn, you you either know yourself already or you'll learn through experience. I've definitely learned through experience to shorten my parties. So pro tip on making it personal and making it convenient and figuring out all these things. If you're not sure about the timing, the location or anything else, pull your ideal clients, pull the top people. A couple ways you can do that. If you have a Facebook group like I do for my past clients, do it there. Facebook has a built-in poll functionality. It's made for this. You could also just post it on your Facebook profile. I remember years ago, I was having my Fall Fest party, which is also one of my very popular event concepts. And I was just totally stuck on whether to do Sunday morning or afternoon or something like that. And I just did a regular post on Facebook and just asked people to let me know in their comments. By the way, it built so much engagement. Anything where people give their advice and opinion in a comment is such a good way to get input on social media. It's like Facebook's been that way forever. I think it's almost easy to lose sight of what a great tool it is in the most basic ways that we've all been using it for 15 years. And it was like resounding to have it in the afternoon. And I think I'd been thinking I should have had it in the morning. And then we had it in the afternoon. And I remember it was like our biggest and most popular fall fest ever at that point in time. So just post it on your Facebook profile, or you can use the poll function in Facebook or Instagram stories. Or if you don't want to be public for a myriad of reasons, which are very understandable, text your top three relationships, people who are reflective of your target audience, and get their opinion. And you might want to get their opinion on the type of pie you're going to give, which, spoiler alert, that's the third ingredient, make it enticing. So let's talk about making it enticing. This one is simple, but just as crucial as having it at a daytime and location that's workable. That pie better be damn good. (laughs) So let me tell you, when I first started this event, my budget was smaller and I was also way less bougie and picky about everything. So you you start where you start and I have no regrets about anything I've done because it all brought me to where I am today. And I certainly don't regret giving people pies. But in the beginning, I gave away pies from Sam's Club. And I'll talk about this later, but I actually didn't eat gluten and sugar for a long time. I don't think I ever even tried the pies. They were okay. Like they were fine. They were a pie, but definitely not the best of the best or maybe even like the mid grade. (laughs) So I think I started doing this event in 2012 or 2013. And I did it most years. I took some breaks because it didn't always feel like such a hit to me. And in 2019, my business coach at the time, who's one of my favorite coaches, shout out to Bill Middleton. He told us, and he I won't imitate a Southern accent because I'll butcher it, but in his Southern twang, he said, if you want someone to drive across town through rush hour during a holiday week, you better give them the best pie in town to make it worth their trip. And maybe this is obvious to you guys, but, but in the beginning, I was just thinking from a place of like budget and cost effectiveness, but it was such a light bulb moment. My business was in a very different place by then. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm not going to. Would you go to your own party is like another way to pose that question. And by the way, I wouldn't have gone for that pie and I wouldn't have gone for a pie that didn't meet like my food criteria. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. But it was such a light bulb moment. And instead of it being a yes, no question and anything when I'm trying to figure out like a project, an initiative or how to pay for something, instead of saying, is this a yes or a no? I love this context of yes, how? Like, how do I make that happen? What are some ideas and strategies that would enable me to do this thing that I think would be really cool? So going from an $8 pie to a $30 pie was a shock to my system. And I wouldn't say I'm cheap, but I love to throw my events on as much of a shoestring budget as possible. I have a whole strategy on how to have them be cost neutral. So I was like, wait, $30 a pie times how many people? And my brain exploded. But we decided to test it out and offer the best pie in Baltimore as far as taste and also very strong brand recognition. If you're in Baltimore, this pie type. And we had a horde of people. The event was like next level successful out of the gate. And the how part was addressed by simply going to our sponsor partners. Lender and title are always my big two for events. And we explained the vision and why we needed more money than ever before. And guess what? They said yes. Like also the worst thing someone's going to do is say no. And I just want to pause and talk about this exact dynamic of like sponsorships and asking. I will say if you join my high performance agent academy, I will teach you how to get sponsors for your events, including giving you email templates for making asks, especially if it makes you cringe to call someone up. And as much of a big girl that I think I am in most ways, like I hate asking people to sponsor stuff for my events. I don't know why. Like I don't enjoy it. So what I did was like I whenever I hate something, I develop a system to make it easier and more pleasant for me. (laughs) So what I did was I made an email template with the ask. And then I also designed a value proposition template in Canva, which is basically like a one or two page, very pretty marketing piece that explains all the benefits, marketing, and basically exposure that the sponsor is going to get from supporting the event down to I'll do these posts. I'm going to tag you here. You're going to be mentioned on the email. You'll be mentioned on the RSVP form and basically answer the question for them of what's in it for me. Just like when someone asks you to donate money to a nonprofit or like to sponsor an event, then they send you a little attachment that's if you do this level, you get these free tickets and you'll be on the t-shirt at this amount. Like you just have to help people understand why it's worth the investment. And it's such an easier yes. And when it's in collateral, you don't have to like stumble through it on the phone and explain all of it. So just a side note, if this is something you really want to refine, I'll tell you a little bit more at the end of this episode about how you can look into that with me and get in touch. So that was the like first major level up in 2019. And then in 2020, I decided to make the event a lot more enticing. So like I said, I made a life choice a long time ago to be sugar-free for like many years. I'm no longer sugar and gluten-free. But in 2020, I was still gluten-free and I wouldn't, I still wouldn't have gone to my own party to get a pie just because I had found this amazing gluten-free and vegan bakery in Baltimore. And as I thought about it and thought about feedback I gotten over the years, like I realized a lot of my sphere also has food allergies or strong preferences, which is what I had, and that I could delight those folks by offering pies from the premier gluten-free and vegan bakery in Baltimore, reached out to the bakery, got their pricing, and they were, of course, glad to take a bulk pie order from me. So in 2020, we added on the gluten-free and vegan option, had a massive response, and people were like so grateful because when you have a food restriction... You get left out of things all the time. And when someone caters to you, it is such a good feeling. So ultimately for our pie party, 
this is just my style where I'm like, I want to make people hap- as happy as I can within reason. So there's a long list of pies they can choose from, like all the most popular pies from the main bakery. And then I think four or five options from the like the gluten-free bakery. And it's just like a little luxury for people. Like a lot of people wouldn't treat themselves to these pies. And it's no skin off my back to order eight different types of pies instead of two. It's just like these simple things that make it special. So that is how we've made the event enticing where it's I wouldn't drive across town for the Sam's Club pie, but for the gluten-free one from the bakery that everyone loves that actually tastes like a normal pie. Heck yeah. (laughs) So that's the third ingredient, make it enticing. And the fourth ingredient is to snag their attention. Now, if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears, did it actually fall? So same thing. If you throw an event and no one notices that they were invited, was it a successful event? Probably not. It's probably a huge problem. So the key to throwing events that are well attended and buzzy is to make sure people actually see the invitation, want to come, and I think I've addressed the wanting to come pretty well, and have a really easy way to respond. It kills me when someone, this is like a little bit off topic, but this would be an example of what not to do. When people host a giveaway on Instagram, because say they want to grow their followership and they're like, okay, enter the giveaway, like this post, comment, tag three friends, put in your stories, and then DM me to let me know you did it. Like I might do that for a very big ticket item that I very much want. But if it's like a small gift card to a local restaurant, like I'm not going to do 85 steps to do anything. I'm too busy. I'm too distracted. My, you know, baby is hungry and my son is screaming, like, why are you even looking at your phone, mom? I'm not going to follow that many steps for anything. (laughs) And you probably aren't either. So removing as many barriers as possible to making things simple, streamlined, and mobile friendly for people to respond to your events is crucial. And by the way, please don't use Evite. No offense. But talk about getting stuck in people's spam filters. Like you can't man, I'm just going to pop off on everything today. (laughs) Like using email platforms that are spammy or filled with a billion links and images that don't load or go in people's spam filter, using platforms that don't even go through or are super ugly. Like all of that gets in the way of actually all the messaging that you're spending time or paying someone to spend time to create and send. If they're not even receiving it or when they get it, it's but ugly <laughs> or they like can't open it because it's got 85 images that were like made on Canva in like a weird way that's not readable. Like things need to be clean, simple, elegant, mobile friendly. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is when I got so fired up creating the academy because I have a whole module on email marketing and, and that kind of links in here. I just want you to think about it and you're never going to be perfect. My marketing is not perfect. Anyone could look at it and still critique a bunch of little things. But I think it's just about that intentionality I started off talking about today of like, how do you just make it work for people and have it be easy and ideally a little bit buzzy? So here's my secret sauce to snagging attention. I mass text invites for our two major events every year. So a couple of things. Number one, I make sure to not overuse mass text. I don't want people to opt out. So it is for special occasions only. My two events and once in a while, I also mass text a Starbucks barcode to people. Like I'm only texting you if I'm giving you something. I'm not texting you to take something from you and get something from you, especially with mass platforms where people can opt out. So that's number one. Number two, I send a cute and snappy text that looks like personal and fun. 
It has first name personalization, some emojis with a pie and a car and stuff like that, a cute image, something from Canva, or maybe like a picture of the team and a short link where they can tap to read more and RSVP because the last thing you need to do is send someone a text that takes up their entire phone screen and makes them want to cry. And then they just click away and forget that they ever saw it. So (laughs) your text needs to be awesome. And again, don't just write a little text without thinking, just put some intentionality into it and ideally infuse your personality, which kind of loops back to step one of today. And then that little short link takes them to a Google form that briefly describes the event and make sure that they know this pie is free. You have to come this certain day to come get it. They see all these amazing options and that there's even a gluten-free and vegan choice. They reserve their favorite pie. There's even a spot where they can give us a referral. And then by the way, a Google form, you can set it up to collect their email and then automatically confirm receipt. So they get basically like a receipt in their email reminding them that they RSVP'd to this party because that's a whole other thing, getting people to pick up the pies. I don't have time to dive into that today, but Increasing your show rate is definitely something I get into through the academy. So why text has the highest open rate? I don't know the exact current stat. I've seen different numbers, but texts are open over 90% of the time. We know, we all know how many emails we don't open and how many voicemails we don't even listen to, let alone maybe look at the transcription. So text is queen and I love text as long as you use it sparingly so people don't get annoyed or opt out or feel like you're overdoing it. So the other thing that's key to snagging attention is urgency. So I don't give a long timeline to RSVP to any of my parties anymore because I realize the more open-ended and like unscarce it seems, the less motivated people are. So I like seven days or less. That's just me. People are either in or they're out. They're either in town and they want the pie or they're too busy or they're not interested. So when they miss out and notice on social media later, they also learn their lesson and kind of hop on it in the future. I've had this happen with other events where we like sell out of spaces. And by the way, your event, you could say like RSVP before the pies are gone. There are a lot of different ways to create urgency and also manage your budget. You can also invite people in waves like your first choice group and then your second choice group just to make sure you don't go out of your budget and what you're comfortable with. One of the other things I do to really delight people, which this kind of should be in the fifth ingredient, but I'll say it now. If they RSVP a little late, I make them feel special and do what I can to get them a pie too. VIP treatment is huge and I make sure they know that I'm doing them a favor in like the nicest way possible. If they're like, oh my gosh, I missed it. Can I still get an apple pie? Right away, I'm like, oh, let me see. I'm going to call the bakery. I'll get back to you. (laughs) I usually order a few extra pies in each flavor and then people also bail at the end and I like reapportion the pies. There's, oh my gosh, like the whole pie party thing is such a science. But again, doing it over and over, it just, it gets really simple. But I just try to make people feel special and show that I'm still going that extra mile. And then the other thing I've basically already said this is making the RSVP system really simple and mobile friendly since texts are opened on phones. So you need to keep that in mind. I like Google Forms because they're free. You can do that email receipt thing. Google Forms don't totally mobile optimize, so you just need to design like a simple streamlined form that isn't like really crazy. There's another platform I love called JotForm. It's gorgeous. It's more brandable. It's free, but if your form has a lot of responses, they need you to upgrade and pay for it. We definitely pay for JotForm. We love JotForm at the Bellevue Group. We use it for so many things. That's how you can handle your form. And then the fifth ingredient is to create an experience that brings them back year after year. So a little bit more of a story here. In 2020, 
of that fall, it was still peak pandemic. Nobody was indoors. I was very depressed and I really wanted to have our pie party anyway. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'll turn it into a drive-by style party. Therefore, drive-by for a pie, that's what we call the event, was born and we have never looked back. And guess what? People love to drive by. It's easier for the people who are not as social or maybe don't even, I have a lot of clients that don't know me. They know my team members. So they can just pull up and they don't have to come inside like my actual house and mingle. But if people do want to mingle, they can come out of the car. They hang out in the front yard with us. They can run in and use my bathroom. They can say hi to my dogs. They see my kids. So it just like scratches the itch for everyone, depending on how they feel about like socializing with you. And then I try and just make it fun. Like we have a huge inflatable turkey we put on the front lawn. People take pictures with it. We have a branded tent. We put a fire pit out front. I think I've wanted to add s'mores to that. Maybe I'll do that this year. And then the cars just line up. Like I live in a suburban neighborhood. So again, this may not resonate for your setup, but the cars line up. And then I have helpers because we always get like everyone comes in the middle of the party. So sometimes we're all like running to different cars and we just bring them their pie to their car window. We snap pictures. And I love to add a charitable element. So last year, I launched a chapter for a charity called the Napkin Network. It's amazing. They get diapers and formula into the hands of moms in need. So we coordinated a huge diaper drive. And I like I have this awesome picture, like a pyramid. We collected so many diapers. By the way, speaking of making things easy for people, 90% of the diapers we got were through Amazon. Like I made a baby registry on Amazon and people just shipped the diapers. They didn't have to go out and buy them and physically bring them. So I'm always like, how can it be easy? How can it be tech-based? How can it be automated? How can I do it again next year without doing any extra work? So we make so much impact. And a lot of people come to my events just to give. They don't even want the pie. And some people just make remote donations and never get the pie. So there's so many ways to add these other things in and engage people and make impact. And then that's the last thing is to make this experience where they want to come back. I take a lot of pictures and video. I make sure someone in my helper team is like the designated photographer. This is not one where I get professional photography because we're just outdoors. And then we post everything on social and, and people get FOMO when they see what they missed. And they're like, oh my gosh, I won't miss that next year. I didn't realize you guys were giving that pie away. I want that one. And yeah, and then we show off all the the diapers that we crowdsourced. I tag and thank everyone who donated. So it just builds engagement. It builds the brand. So ultimately, the experience, you want to make it fun, make it easy, make it friendly, and give them a pie that impresses their friends and saves them cooking time. So many people thank me. They're like, oh, now I don't have to cook the pie that I'm bringing to my parents' house. So I'm going to stop here. I've run a little longer than my 30-minute timeline. There's so much I've learned about throwing awesome events. I have at least 100 under my belt between everything I've done over the years for my team, running a brokerage for several years, and I host a lot of local events for realtors and business owners for networking. So I've learned a ton and I've only touched on a few of the things today. You can see I'm like breathless and talking really fast. But if you're interested in learning more about making events a centerpiece of your business, let me tell you about the events module of High Performance Agent Academy just to give you a taste. We cover templates, like I mentioned, for requesting sponsors, the value proposition document of what's in it for your sponsors. I have an event idea list that's exhaustive by cost, like free and low cost versus a little more expensive. I give you an exhaustive event planning checklist to cover all your bases, including making sure you get new business because you want your event to have some return on investment, ideally. 
I have a bonus list of creative ways to make your events extra special and explode the return on investment in the form of repeat business referrals and even getting Google reviews during your event. I have techniques to increase your show rate, your event response rate, what to do with the extra pies. Someone asked me about that today. Planning events that delight your database, techniques to get people to post on social media and like incentives to like have them post and tag you. And then of course, I personally mentor all of my academy participants throughout the program on anything event planning or beyond throughout the duration of the program. So I'm going to stop there. I would love your feedback on this episode. And if you decide to host this event or just use anything I've taught you today, please let me know. I want to know. Shoot me a DM or post in my Facebook group, which is called Relationship Driven Real Estate with Tina Bellavo. The show notes on whatever platform you're listening on will have the link to my Instagram and the free Facebook group, which you should totally join. And I'm fired up. I'm a little bit pumped. So I'm going to go work on making my 2023 drive-by for a pie the best event ever. And yes, if you want to steal my event name, go for it. There's plenty of business to go around for all of us. And I will talk to you again soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo. Talk to you soon.